What? We have a, an opportunity to uh, be blessed. We have an opportunity to be blessed and to experience God's blessing. And as uh, human beings, we can really violate that. We can blow it. We are here to talk about what we would like to have and what God would like for us to have, and that's bringing life and peace. But when we look at this book of Malachi, as we dig into this, we discover there's some things here that are just not going that direction. We are going to discover that instead of uh, enjoying the blessing, it kind of went a different direction. We want to avoid that in our day, and, and it would be wise for us to do so, but that's where we find ourselves. So uh, we've, we've hit on this before, but we're going to do the blessing one more time from Numbers. This is God telling Aaron and the boys, this is at the very beginning, beginning of Israel's priesthood when he sets it up. And he says, this is what I want you to tell the people. This is the blessing that will go uh, upon them. And you will speak these words. May the Lord... Bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor or lift up his face, his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, God says, I myself will bless them. And the blessing, that whole idea is a positive. Uh, that's, that means Something good is going to happen in their lives. Something's good, going to be good in the economy. The rain is going to come at the right time, and the crops will grow. Livestock will be productive. This is going to be a great time. They will have homes to live in. Their families will produce and reproduce, and everybody's going to be happy. They're going to be blessed. And they're going to do that because they are walking with God who wants them to experience that just as he does us. He wants them to experience, experience him in, in ways that show them that he is here, that he is for them, and that he just wants to pour out the, these incredible riches on them. But we come to this. This is violating the blessing, so this is contrasting from the other this is the priest and they are to put the name the lord's name on the people excuse me they are to put the lord's name on the people and this is from malachi 1 6 the the lord of heaven's army says to the priest you have shown contempt for my name but you ask how have we ever shown contempt for your name so what's the idea they're supposed to put his name, that we read that in the blessing. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Well, what if they corrupt his name? What if the name, that the way that they are using, it doesn't mean that they don't use his name. It's just there are issues in the way that they are walking with the Lord. They are uh, violating his trust they are no longer faithful. They are no longer loyal to him. They have gone their own direction. And they're the ones who are in charge of giving the blessing. And God is saying, this is, this is, a, this is a horrible situation. It's horrible because the people receive the blessing from you. You're the ones assigned that role. What does it mean, the Lord's name? It means 
in that culture and it carries on today as God's wholeness, his character, his, his uh, position, his power, all of those things are wrapped up in the name for the Jewish people of today. And this, this is from the Hebrew, Hashem is the name. That will be the name that will be substituted for Yahweh because they, it's too holy. It's too precious. You don't speak it lightly. And even when they write it, when they have to copy the scriptures and they write it, they wash their hands first, write it, wash their hands afterwards. They are respectful of the name. And when they are in conversation, they may substitute Adonai, which is the Lord, which in your Bible will be a translation that will have all caps, L-O-R-D, all in capital letters. That's the substitution Adonai for Yahweh, because even there they're being respectful of the name, Hashem. So Hashem is the key that it envelops all that he is. It carries the weight. If you have uh, a signet ring and back in the day and you're the king, you apply that to some wax and you can move an army, you can buy a town. The signet ring gives you control. Somebody steals your identity, they can take your credit cards, apparently they can take your house. There's just all sorts of things associated with your name. You go, wow, I even buy insurance to protect my identity. Why? To protect your name. He wants to protect his name. And God's saying, you have not treated me properly. You have disrespected my name. That power, the power to bring blessing on the people is being disrupted. You are bringing horrible situations here, allowing horrible situations to unfold because you have dealt with me in this way. So we get the contempt. We get the name. God's favor is gone. That's in Malachi 1.9. He says, go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? asks the Lord of heaven's armies. What favor? That was the blessing. May the Lord show you his favor, his face, his countenance, which is what that all means, and give you peace. Well, they're violating that very thing. Why should I show you any favor at all? They're doing the opposite of what he's asked them to do. We have to wrestle with that. How many times do we think, well, that's good enough for the Lord. That's good enough. If, if I give him a, a Christmas and an Easter service, if I show up for that, I need God's favor. And then when you have the car wreck, come down with cancer, or somebody in your family does, what's the first thing that comes to mind for people? If you've never been there, this may be surprising to you. God, where were you? Where's my favor? Where's my blessing? And maybe you've done it yourself. You know, where were you? Why didn't you show up? Why didn't you protect me from that? Why should he? 
which is what he's asking these people. Why? You hold my name in contempt. You've done nothing to gain my favor. There's nothing that indicates that you are interested in me at all. And his, if you remember, the, the number one rule in this whole thing, no other gods, that's number one in the commandments, but the number one, Jesus reminds us, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's being loyal to him, to love him first, to be loyal in that love. What is it that we have from him? Chesed. It's hard to say unless you have a cold, you can do that. That word has to do with the loyal love of God for us all through the scriptures. That's his relationship. That's his attitude toward us. That's what he's longing to show his people. He wants to remind us of his faithful love that he is there to give us. What does he want from us? A relationship, which is loyal love in return. What does this, as we read through Malachi, reflect? A lack of that love. They're just self-centered. They're thinking they've figured out how to manipulate the system And if they work the system just right, then they can get what they want and not be bothered by whatever it is God may require of them. And he only requires that which shows a love and a relationship and protects them. He's looking out for them. It's all part of it. So so go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. When you bring that kind of offering, why should he show any favor at all? Ask the Lord of Heaven's armies. We're going to jump over to chapter 2. This is facing the consequences. So you get the idea. They have been in God's face. They have, have contempt for his name. And here he is wanting, the, the blessing is to lift up his face upon them. Show them favor. Then look at this. From Malachi Chapter 2, verse 3. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices, and I will throw you on the manure pile. There's a sacrificial system going on in Israel. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of animals are being brought. The, The lambs, the bulls, the birds are being brought. They are being killed. The blood is spilled. They are being... Sacrifice, but only parts of the animal actually go onto the altar. And there are parts that do not. They're unclean, they're awful, O-F-F-A-L, not the other kind, but they probably smelled awful. So they go down in the valley below, and they're burned, and there's a pile down there. And uh, it picks up a name, and later that idea of Sheol is this burning, flaming garbage heap. That, that's where the term comes from. That's what God says. So I wanted to lift up my face on you, my countenance, with a smile. But you have contempt for my name. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to smear manure in your face. And then I'm going to throw you on the manure pile. 
huh, couldn't have been anything worse in the lives of these people. Because they think, aren't we cool? We've got this thing together. We've outsmarted God. We have figured out the religious system. And we just jumped through a few hoops. And we can just do it our way. And God says, no, no, I see. I see what you're doing. I see what your attitude is. I see what your hearts are. And you have no love for me. And they have no love for the people. They're just, they've just gotten into this position. So this is a, uh, a great picture of uh, how God will deal with those times and people who find him less than interesting, loving, wise, truthful, helpful, and good. They go, no, no, we have all that, God, but you are questionable. So it's just... You just have a contempt for my name. And these are the people who are supposed to be leading and guiding and giving the blessing. So he is not at all pleased with them, as you've gathered. So here's some curse blessings. And back we jump back to uh, Malachi 1.10. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. So they're still bringing them. They're coming up with something that they think, well, this will take care of it if we just keep uh, jumping you know, through or working off the list that we think is important here. We will just keep, keep doing that. And he's saying, that's not, that's not exactly it. It's not about having a salve of offerings to appease the angry God of heaven, that's, that's, that's not the deal. People, in some, for some reason, think, if I've done what, what is required, so some, for some, doing a Christmas and Easter service is sufficient, so you know, if I can get that done, then I can just move on to other things. Others, well, if I can just do a, a church service periodically or... Whatever are the important ones, I will show up for that. Maybe that will make God happy. Others, maybe if I read the Bible or if I have a daily devotional time, maybe that's what's required. Whatever it is in our our heads that we come up with, that becomes a requirement. But here's the kicker. We do the required thing, and then we move on to what's important. We do the required thing, whatever that is. Well, that should make God happy. I've read that paragraph three times this morning. I have no idea what that's talking about, but that's your deal, God. I'm moving on to something. I got things to do. I got things that are important to me, and I want to do what I want to do. So back to loyal love, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. How does that fit with the whole idea of, well, if I can just check this thing off my list and I move on to other things, is that love? Would that work in a relationship? Do you feel loved when people just disregard the things you have to say, your time, your, your interest? I think not. Neither does he. Neither does he. So he's looking for people who actually love him, and they bring sacrifices because they love him, And because they want that relationship to 
work. And, and they want to experience whatever it is that may be caught up in this idea of blessing. They don't know what all that, how, how many layers of that exist for an individual at a particular time in history. I don't know. If you guys aren't raising sheep or you don't have olive trees, the same blessing probably wouldn't mean the same to you. What does it mean that God is watching today in the 21st century, looking at your life and saying, this is what you need. That's what he wants to bring into your life. But it will be for you. It will be specific in many ways to you and your situation at this time. And how can we miss it? We just do what's required. We bring in worthless sacrifices. We just move on to what's important, what we consider to be our thing, our what is important, and we, and we have contempt for his name. And we can do that. The covenant was to bring life and peace. The covenant was to bring life and peace. Malachi 2, verse 5, The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and that is what I gave them. This required reverence from them, and they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. So he's talking about the early days. He's starting to get this thing rolling. They're going to do some uh, things to guide the people. Here they've, they've received information from God who, who lays out this is what the priesthood is to do, how they're supposed to do it. They are to uh, the, guide the people in this relationship with God so that they can truly be blessed. And it, it is sacred. This is a sacred trust because it is for the good of the people, not only them, but as we've been talking over some months, it's for the entire world. It's for all the nations. It's for all people for all time. What if they just do it their way? So two of Aaron's sons do it their way. They walk into the temple or the tabernacle at the time and, and don't follow instructions. And God sends fire from heaven and they're toast immediately. Do not mess with the Lord's name. He is to be honored. And they chose not. There were two other sons, two younger sons. They chose to do it better, which obvious would be real obvious after that one. They revered and stood in awe of my name. When you see two people fried right in front of you, you're going to have some awe. You're going to say, you know what? He's serious. And why did he give us these instructions so we could just come up with our own thing or actually to listen to him because it is good it honors the Lord because we're listening to him. It shows our love when we obey him. And he's got some plans here to bless the people through all of this. Do we understand all of it? If you've read through Leviticus, I'm guaranteeing you do not understand it. If you got through it. So if you don't understand it, why would you ever try it? Well, they didn't understand everything either. What do you do in that situation? You trust the God of heaven who wants to bless you. You do it anyway. And when you do it, amazing things happen. 
And that's what he wants to bring into our lives. The amazing things. So he was wanting to do that with them, and they were uh, struggling with that. But in the beginning, the covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace. That sounds like a good deal. So in verse 6, when priests did their job, they passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. That's what they did. They took the instructions that they received from the Lord. They passed it on. They didn't lie. They didn't insert their own thing. They didn't cheat. So some of the priests by this time are taking things that they ought not off from the people as they're coming in. And their offerings, whether money or animals or whatever it was they were bringing, and they would lie to them about things and they would cheat them. And But the people are still coming because they think they're going to some, they, they need to keep going because they want to honor the Lord. And these are the representatives. But he's saying they didn't cheat. They didn't lie. They, they walked with me. They lived good, righteous lives. And as a result of that, they turned many from lives of sin. And that whole, that whole idea is that the sin part is what would disrupt an individual's life. What would destroy the life of a community, a family, a nation? What would distract or get people off track in their walk with God? That's sin. Ever noticed any, anybody in your family go sideways? Have you ever been that guy? So that's sin. What if we're dragging people down into the darkness? What if our lives represent darkness? He's going, that, that's not good for anyone. So what do the priests do? They live such a life that they are a model of walking with God and the blessings of God, and they teach God's truth. They pass on what God's given them to bring these people around so that they can now walk in a way and live a life that is filled with this blessing. He wants to bring them on board so that turns them from a life of sin. Doesn't sound like a horrible thing to me. Saying, wow, that's that's a huge life change for people. And that's what they did. It is a it's an incredible thing that there are that there were people who wanted to do that. Ezra and and Ezra shows up historically in, with, with the people of Israel as a priest who wanted to do this. So the, the people of Israel have rebelled against the Lord. The ones in the north, the Assyrian army came and took them out. The prophets were there and they said, turn, stop, don't do that anymore. God's going to come get you if you don't. And well, they didn't listen and they wound up being hauled away. The southern tribes, prophets come, they say, stop doing that. God said he's going to come deal with you if you don't. They didn't stop. Babylonian army shows up, carries them off. So you have this whole thing that should have been corrective. And for some, it worked. So Ezra is a priest, and he has gone, he, or he's with the group that's in Babylon. And he has determined 
to study, this is from Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, to study the law and obey it and to teach it in all Israel. He's going to learn it. He's going to practice it. He's going to actually live this thing out. And then he's going to teach the people. And he brings a group of people back to Jerusalem to begin to build the temple later. So the the book of Ezra is about those things. So that's a priest later going, oh, I get it. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's how we do this. So through the history of Israel, there are those good priests who are doing exactly what God's called them to do. Malachi's just after Ezra, so we've got them turning again, going the other direction. And you go, oh my gosh. The priest is the messenger. Malachi 2, verse 7. The priest is the messenger. The words of the priest's lips should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction. For the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. The priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. The book is called Malachi. We covered that early on. Malach is the message and my, or messenger, and my, that when you add the, I to the end of it, it is my messenger. So Malachi is, is God's messenger. That's the prophet. But we have another messenger mentioned. There are actually three in the book, but you don't get the third one until later. For the priest is the messenger Malachi of the Lord of heaven's armies. He's bringing what God has declared, what he has told him. And the priest is to speak in such a way that people can know God. So he's going to preserve knowledge of God and do it in such a way that people can learn who God is, learn how to walk with him, how to love him, how they should respond to him in all the ways that God has already outlined to them. And then the people... This is the the burden on the people. They should come to the messenger, the Malachi, and find out, how do I do this? Or I get this part, but I don't get this part. So how how can I do that? Or how can I do this better? I'm kind of hung up here. Supposed to ask questions. So there's there's an interaction that's unfolding in this. And this is the, the role that God has given them. Preserve the knowledge of God, and then people go and get instruction. They're representing the Lord. This is the Most High God and the one who loves people, who wants to bless them, and they have an opportunity to really connect with him. So that's that's the Ezra 7.10 tells us that Ezra wanted to do that. Jeremiah 23, and this is before this thing falls apart, before Babylon shows up. In Jeremiah 23, he says, don't listen to, the, to these prophets. And he's dealing more with prophet, prophets than priests. Don't listen to these prophets who've not, been, who've not stood before the Lord. They don't have a message from the Lord. They get it from other people. They get it from YouTube. They get it from all the variety of places. But they haven't stood in the presence of the Lord and then share that truth with the people. They just don't have that relationship. 
And they make up things. One of the key ones is to say, you are blessed. You will have peace. There is no trouble headed your way. That's one of the indications of a false prophet or a false priest. And they go, wait, he said, you know, he's supposed to bless the people. Yeah, if the priest is walking with the Lord, lives in righteousness, and he speaks those words, that blessing's going to come. What if he's not listening to the Lord? He's making up his own stuff. And in the case of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is hearing from the Lord, and he told the people, the Babylonian army is going to descend on us because you won't stop your sin. You don't listen to him. You want to do your thing. You are ignoring him. You're living in such a way you're just 180 off of what he's called you to be and to do. So the army's coming. Bad times are coming. Nobody wants to hear that. Just look around. How many people want to hear God bless me? Look on the internet. How many memes will say, if you just accept this, you will be rich this week. Something good will happen in your... Like a fortune cookie. This stuff is... That's not from the Lord. He's saying, turn from doing your own thing to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love some other people. How about that? Do those memes say that? Eh, rarely. You're just going to be blessed. Good things. Peace is coming your way. And you go, then why did my leg fall off? Why did the bus run over me? Why? You go... It's not how it works. The Lord has something great for his people. And it's in relationship to him. Those who represent the Lord and teaching and, and guiding them, in this case the priesthood, they are to represent him well in truth, have a relationship with God, live rightly before him, and then share that, pass that on, help others to enjoy his blessing to the fullest. Ah. <sighs> Worthless priest. But you priests have left God's paths. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You have left God's paths. That's the leaders who were leading. And often in our day, that's the same we have leaders who do not listen to the Lord. They don't go into his presence. They don't. I just want you at some point to look at a bio of a Christian leader. Pick a famous one, whoever you want. And if they have a schedule, often on a, on, if they're living, they'll have a schedule of where they're going to be and what they're doing. It'll be on their website or Facebook or somewhere. Just take a look. If it's a list of their great achievements, if it's a list of their scheduled conferences coming up, if it's a list of all the places and countries that they've been and where they're going, and you go, oh, man, I am so envious. Look at all the cool stuff. And, and, and of the millions of people who tune in and read their books and go to their things, at what point, when you just look through the schedule, at what point is there enough time for them to spend in the presence of the God of the God of heaven's armies? Daniel 
responsible, number two man in the land, responsible for maybe millions of people, a lot of geographical space. Daniel's a prophet. He prays three times a day, we're told. He gets in trouble for that. He also takes some trips and goes down to the river to pray. One of them we know is 21 days, maybe kept stayed out there for 30. But we know 21, and he prayed, then he waited, and then an answer came 21 days down the road. So if you can find a 21-day spot in these schedules, that would surprise me. Because to stand in the presence of the Lord doesn't get you attention or acclaim. And if you announce that that's what you're doing, Jesus said, don't be doing that. Don't stand on the street corners and say, look at me. Just don't. But if you don't see a gap in there somewhere, there's no indication that they're spending time with the Lord. Why would you spend much time reading that book? And yet people will buy millions of them. And they'll stand in line and they'll fill fill the stadiums and think, boy, am I getting something great from the Lord. Maybe. Maybe. It's time to take a look. God is not pleased when we sell him short. And when our leaders are not leading, they're not leading us because they are close to him, because they are listening to his truth and they are sharing his truth with us. If they can't do that, they ought not lead. But, oh, we promote them. And denominations and churches and major media all around the world. And God is not pleased. We can do better. We need people who love the Lord their God with all their heart. Everything that they've got. And it will show up in their schedule. It will show up in the things that they do. It will show up in their relationships. Many of these high-profile people are jerks behind the scenes. If somebody shows up to pick them up at the airport and take them somewhere, do you think there's kindness and appreciation, or do they just get treated like, ah, you're just a driver. Grab my bags. Do they share these great truths as they make the trip back to the hotel? Eh, Not so much, because they're busy texting, talking on the phone, being so cool. There are those who do. There are those who stand in the presence of the Lord. Listen to them. Get a hold of their books. See what they have to say. You priests have left God's paths. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Despised and humiliated, verse 9. So I've made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people, for you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in the way you carry out my instructions. Shown favoritism. How would that work? Whoever gives the most money. You ever watch politics or politicians? 
Whoever gives them the most money, they tend to kind of go their way. That works in the Christian world as well, often, not always. Whoever has the influence, whoever has the ear, whoever they want to please, it's to please the people, please the group. What a bunch of nonsense we get into. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. I won't. Okay, messenger honors the Lord. This is what the messenger does. Passes on the instructions received from the Lord. The messenger walks with God and does not lie or cheat. The messenger lives a good and righteous life. The messenger turns others from lives of sin. That's how that works. That's how that works. The messenger has a big job. Did then, does now. What God intends is for our good because he loves us. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out good things on us. And we can get in the way just as these priests have gotten in the way of what God wants to accomplish. So much he wants to bring. I'm in favor of getting his blessing. I think we want that here. Let's pray. Bring life and peace, Lord. We want to listen to you, to the things that you have to say to us, and to do those things, because... We love you not out of obligation or trying to trick you or manipulate you or demand you do something, but because we know that you have our best in mind. You want good for us. And, Lord, we look forward to seeing how all that plays out. And uh, wherever, Lord, we have gotten off the path, taken a turn, uh, decided to do it our own way, chose other things as more important than you, I pray you would point those out. Point those out to us so we can uh, eliminate them and get on the path. The one of righteousness, the one that leads to you, the one that leads to these blessings. And Lord, we look forward to doing that as we lift up and honor your name, Hashem. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.